2: Welcome to Roto-Wire's Wednesday NBA DFS podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. I'm Joe Bartle, and joined alongside me, as always, is Ben Miller. Ben, I have to be honest with you and the American public and everyone else that's listening to this. Maybe there's a Canadian listener or two, so I don't yeah, want to just, probably at least, at least just completely uh, throw those guys off as well. But I lied to you, all of you. I said... Last Wednesday, we'd be coming back bright and early Monday, talking some NBA (laughs) DFS that I was going to be in Dallas. I'm sorry, in New Orleans for an eSports event. I was going to get back and be able to do this podcast and talk about all this lovely DFS stuff. And then I got delayed at least two hours flight-wise Monday, and we were not able to do that. So I have to – I lied, and I I apologize to everyone right now. This is not – the Monday NBA DFS podcast, <laughs> like we had planned, and like I talked about, it. this is in fact the Wednesday NBA DFS podcast. So Ben, I'll, I'll formally apologize to you here too on the airways. I, I'm sorry. I think
1: I think I can get over it. It's going to be tough. Um. I was really, really looking forward to that Monday uh, podcast. Put in so much work beforehand. I you're was lying. Just, you're so, lying. You're right. You're, you're right. Lying. I, didn't, I didn't do much. I didn't do much. <laughs> well,
2: you know what? We'll make up for it because we will be back Friday to talk some NBA DFS. Of course, DJ, Shannon, and Ken do a great job doing the NBA podcast on Fridays as well. They talk about season-long questions, but of course, they toss in DFS too. So it will be a double-decker of DFS podcasts with the Ben and Joe show transitioning to a Friday-only deal for this week based on my traveling snafu. So yeah,
1: I think it's like a good seven game slate. So nothing too bad there. Mark that I'm excited.
2: down. Mark that down on your calendars. That we'll be making a Friday <laughs> spot. That Friday debut. Friday debut. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting show if nothing else. Uh, let's get to Wednesday's ten game slate. Though there's a lot of different players. I feel like a variety of different positions you can go with. You have salary break guys. You have some people that are maybe not priced aggressively like we've seen in the past for FanDuel. There's other people that are coming off of injury, and there are other people that are, are going to be on injury, opening up some doors. But I think the biggest and most important takeaway for Wednesday's 10-game slate is what you want to do with the Pelicans and Hawks game. Of course, Anthony Davis has been on an unbelievable surge lately. I think he's gotten 70 Fandu points in each of the last two games. The Pelicans are going to be playing their third game in the last four days. Anthony Davis is 11700 on Wednesday's slate. That's the third highest-priced player. Cousins is $11,900. That's the second-highest-priced player right, on Wednesday's right. slate. Of course, we know how great those guys are going to be. Yeah. And we also know the Hawks' defense is dreadful at stopping the big guys, particularly at center spot. But what I, I have a hard time rolling with Anthony Davis, given all his injury concerns and how he's burned both of us in the past or right, doing right. his podcast this year. But then there's Cousins, as high-priced as he is, too. It's It's tough for me to stomach some of that stuff. I think this matchup in particular is going to be a differentiate for a lot of different lineups.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think um, because of how you know how poor you know the Hawks play you know defense against big men, you have to immediately look and say, "Oh my, uh, Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins." Those those are two guys I definitely have to consider. I think on any given slate, when you see the Hawks, you, you usually look at the opposing center and be like, "Okay, I got to at least consider this guy." For me, though, I I think I think you were kind of leaning towards that as well. I I don't know if I really love Davis. That's kind of an always thing for me. You know, he's he's proven me wrong countless times already this season just because of how well he's played. I think he's. Missed less games than guys like Harden and um, a ton of other you know, big-name players. So I, I, can't, I can't hate on him too much there. But um, still, I don't like he, He's an injury risk. You, you said they played a ton of games recently.
2: Yeah, three in the last four. And, of course, the, uh, the last two were in overtime as well. So that's right. the additional minutes that are going on. Anthony Davis is already a fragile body, too.
1: Right. I don't love that. And I think there is even maybe a couple other expensive guys over 10000 that I like a little better, like a Kevin Durant. Um, so I don't feel like you need to play um cousins or or davis and i actually for this game specifically i almost like some of these mid-tier guys a little better rather who's than the hanging name? up <laughs> who's the name that no, we're looking at it. and I it's like, not just you me i went
2: and read uh espn's daily fantasy one as well andre stallings is a friend of Roto-Wire, a friend of myself personally and i like reading his stuff yeah and he was all on board this name but i'll let you go ahead and say it first since i read it first for your account I do
1: you like dennis schroeder yes um he's played extremely well of late and you know, obviously the Pelicans give up a ton, a ton of points to, to you know, point guards. I think it's the second most um, for the whole season. Um, love that play. And even Drew Holiday on the other side is is a guy I'm considering as well at that mid, you know, $7,000, $7, dollars That's price. an
2: interesting name, Drew Holiday. I didn't think about that as well. But going back to Schroeder, and we'll talk about it, and I'm sure you're going to hear about it a lot if you're listening to other airways, getting ready for your DFS lineup. Again, the Pelicans have played three games in the last four days, of which two of those were in overtime the traveling that goes along with all that, I have to imagine they're going to be tough. They're going to be long a lot of scoring points. Last ones I talked about how Chris Dunn was a fantastic option right around this price at the seven eight hundred market at the point guard spot, and he was able to return five times the value. I'll be stunned if Schroeder does not get to that point. So we're talking about forty Fanduel points. I think that's not even just realistic. I'm expecting him to do that. Right, I think right. that he'll probably be a chalky play, but there's good reason for it, and you can find differentiating places in your lap elsewhere. I'm thinking at the shooting guard spot, there's a lot of different cheaper small forward options, too, that you can find. I think you have to put him in there. I think you're going to have to use that 7800 on him, and really you can go a variety of different directions at your other point guard spot. Whether you want to do a Steph Curry, whether you want to pay up for a John Wall, those are interesting options. But your lineup has to begin or end or both with that
1: <laughs> Right, right. And, and over the last five, it looks like he's had over 35 Vandal points, four out of five of those games. And in the last two, he had 40 and 54. So that's, that's the kind of upside you're getting there.
2: I think that's that's going to be your key takeaway for Wednesday's ten game slate. Before we start breaking down the games individually, as far as the injuries go, I do want to remind everyone that the RotoWire NBA Slack channel is live and it's open to all RotoWire subscribers. I have to do email support at rotowire.com. dot com. It's grown substantially since we really talked about this the last two weeks. Yeah, I haven't been able to be able to you know mess around in there a little bit lately because I've been busy doing other work stuff, but. I, Every time I go in there, we have conversations. There's about 14 different players that I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that guy. He's a fantastic option to use, and it opens up my mind for a lot of different areas and a lot of different expertise. Of course, this isn't just the road aware experts that are in there, like Ben and myself, but there are other guy, other users as well that are just commenting. And it's really an open forum for us to talk about DFS and any questions or support questions, things that we have. I, I think it's a really. Neat avenue that we're going down right
1: now. Yeah, it's super super clutch to have when it's you know about half hour before tip and you just want to you know bounce around some some last second ideas and everyone kind of chips in and says you know if they if they like the pick or if there's something better. So I think it's a great great you know um, thing to have and, and it really helps out with that with that last second lineup switches.
2: Absolutely. And speaking of last minute lineup switches, we will be tweeting our, our lineups like we do always uh, close to the seven o'clock Eastern time tip off. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports and Ben. You can Look give it. me a Ben man doing That's work. That's still the best Twitter handle at Road Aware. Let's get into Wednesday's 10 game slate and talk about some of these games individually, starting first with the Wizards and Hornets, a 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Marquise Morris is a game-time decision with the ankle injury. Frank Kaminsky's probable with the ankle, but Cody Zeller is going to be out with the knee injury opens up a little bit more minutes for Kaminsky, but I'm not sure I really want to target March and Gortat as a guy that, you know, I'm going to get a secondary center in there for, especially with the cheaper options available on the slate.
1: Yeah, not a whole lot I really like about that that Hornets side there. I mean, if Kaminsky did sit out, maybe like a Marvin Williams, you know, playing a, probably like 35 plus minutes, i can consider that. Um, but yeah, not a whole lot I, I really love there. And if Markeith Morris sits out, I think that'd be Otto Porter switching over to, to power forward and probably some Kelly Oubre starting as a uh, small forward. Um, and Ubre's always a guy you can, can consider who's fairly cheap, but um, not a whole whole lot I'm um, overly excited about in that game. It's worth pointing out that the Hornets
2: in the last five games have allowed the fourth highest FanDuel points to the point guard spot. So this brings up John Wall, who's 10,100, one of the 10,000 options available on Wednesday slate. I think it's okay. I think if you're paying up for a Schroeder, you're going to have a really tough time getting a secondary point guard in there and a different position of strength, whether it be power forward, center, small forward, what have you. So it's tough. I, I, I think there's not going to be a lot of people on that game, and I could see it being a bit more high-scoring than a lot of people are anticipating. Yeah, But 10,100, I think I'm going to probably end up staying away, or I would rather go with Steph Curry, who's 300 less, but going against the Bulls, who we know historically have been really bad this season, stopping the point
1: guard. Exactly. I think there's a couple other you know more expensive point guards, or even middle-tier that I like better exactly. than Wall.
2: Uh, we already talked about the Pelicans-Hawks. They are, of course, tipping off at 7.30 Eastern time tip-off. Uh, Spurs-Nets, big injury that kind of just came out that really, I think the writing was on the wall. Is quiet. Leonard will be out indefinitely with that thigh injury that he's been going on right his thigh injury I feel like I've been reading grind, different something like that yes yeah. Yeah, somewhere in the leg region Th- <laughs> Kawhi Leonard is suffering and he's been suffering for a long time so right, again right. he'll be out indefinitely. welcome to the stage Kyle Anderson you've been starting for what feels like the majority of the season and you are somehow thankfully under 5k at the small forward spot you are in my lap going against the Nets of course 730 Eastern time tip-off Paul Gasol also going to be in the Spurs lineup probably not going to be in my lap. he's expected to play with this the wrist injury that he sprained last few games uh man ginobili gonna be out rudy gay out against that more more kyle anderson and, and d'angelo russell is out but he's expecting to return i don't know about friday but certainly this time next week we might be able to have a conversation about russell and dfs lineups
1: yeah there's a couple intriguing guys there with uh, the spurs injuries for me um one like you said kyle anderson i think with ginobili out as well he's kind of has to play like 35 minutes um i don't see Anderson being a guy that gets 40 Fanduel points or anything no. like that. He's he's a max like 30, 32 type of guy, um, which is okay. Um, I think Davis Bertans is actually somewhat intriguing. He's played 24 and 23 minutes the last two times out. Um, so without Leonard or Ginobili, I think that's even more minutes for him at power forward, small forward. He's only 3,700. I think about four games back, he had 38 Fanduel points. So like, that's his top, top value. Obviously, I don't expect him to get that. But I could see him getting in like 25 to 30. Um maybe but probably stick around 25. Um, but for a $3700 price I could see that being somewhat intriguing as one of those extremely cheap guys if a punt play at, at best. There's a
2: smorgasbord and I love saying that word but it really applies in this situation a smorgasbord of small forward options 53 and under that you can shrug your shoulders and be like, "Yeah, okay, I can see that working." Etwan Moore being one of the guys for the Pelicans 5300. Uh, I think last Wednesday he had a really big game as well, but we talked already about how that is going to be a high-scoring affair, probably on both sides of things, and I think even defensively he could take advantage of some of those miscues and get those steals that we are always looking for to. Tomorrow, Carroll I like quite a bit on the opposite side of things with the Nets. I think the last three games he's gotten at least 30 Fandle points. Again, this is going as the Spurs, so maybe that doesn't happen, but 31, 35, and 38, and he's only played around 30 minutes since returning from that injury, so he's a guy at 5,000 alike. like, Kyle Anderson, 4,900, Michael Kilchrist, 4,900, two interesting names, and you already mentioned Kelly Oubre, too, that could yeah, be filling yeah. in the small forward spot, Those. that's five guys! That's five guys. We're not even talking about a 4,000 player that I really kind of like at the small forward spot too who could be seeing extended minutes given the injuries. So this is a position where we talk about Kevin Durant as the highest small forward. I'm sorry, Giannis Tumbo, 11,600, is the highest small forward, and then Kevin Durant at 10,600. And then you go down to Paul George who could be playing an interesting sort of rivalry game against the Lakers. Those are your top three options, and we're all the way down to 6,600 of of the people that are healthy. Yeah,
1: Yeah, for me, the small forward spot's either... Top or bottom? Exactly. I, I'm not. Yeah, it's not the mid-tier type of type of spot. I like that for for point guard. Um, but yeah, small forward. It's either you're grabbing Kevin Durant, or I mean, you can gra- grab Kevin Durant and a cheap guy. But um, yeah, it's it's top heavy and it's bottom heavy. No, nothing in between.
2: I said Adanto Kakumbo and it's Adetata Kumbo. I don't even know why I said that wrong the first time, but I've really been practicing <laughs> this given I have to do this announcing thing. And you just, again, the rule is you say the name as fast as you possibly can so no one can really correct you on it. But I did want to correct myself in that case. I agree with you though. You were either paying up all the way, and I'm not going Giannis, but maybe Kevin Durant. I can see it again going into the yeah. Bulls or you're going down to this 5,000, 4,000 range, and you're slumming it with all those people. There's a f- wide variety, a swath of small forwards you can use, and I don't really feel like there's anyone wrong. I think the wrong choice would be a guy like Paul George. That's that's yeah. the area where I, it's wrong. I, I can see a little bit of interest because it's a li- against the Lakers, and of course there are rumors that George could be joining the Lakers, so this is a bit of a prove-it game. The Lakers allow a ton of points at the fall, small forward spot. I, I, I think it's a mistake to try and find an 8,300-player player when there's so many other guys, 3,000 or less, that are available to use.
1: Right, yep, yep, I agree completely.
2: Let's go over to the Pistons-Raptors game. I just teased earlier that there's a small forward under or around 4,000 that I liked, and that's in large part because Avery Bradley was unable to practice Tuesday, but quote-unquote, he will try to play for the Pistons. Stanley Johnson was a non—he was not participant in the shoot-around— Wednesday, so with the hip injury. And then Luke Kennard, again, is another quote-unquote will try to play. Those three guys, whether or not they play, I think this opens the door for Reggie Bullock to maybe get some more minutes. He's at $4,000 on on FanDuel as far as his price tag goes. He is a small forward option. Of course, Langston Galloway could see a bit more minutes, but he's kind of been a non-factor. Reggie Bullock has been picking up a bit more interest. I know the Raptors are about middle of the pack in terms of allowing scoring to just about every position, so... He's not going to be getting a ton. He's not going to get forty Fanduel points. Certainly not that. But I could easily see a situation where he gets twenty five, twenty eight, especially if he's going to be playing as many minutes as I'm anticipating he has to play.
1: There's just I don't I don't like this this will try to play crap. I don't <laughs> I don't know what that means. You know, it's just it scares me. It scares me on how much minutes anyone in that situation is going to get. I just don't like it. I can't I can't pick Bullock for it. Um, I get the I get the reasoning though. Like he's probably going to play. 35 minutes it looks like the last two times out he played 35 minutes so he's getting a ton of minutes either way um and they get 34 Fandle points last game but then he only had he had a stinker before that he had teens the last like four i think he's a really
2: really good tournament play i think he's a really good tournament play and he gives your lineup just a little bit of upside but a bit of safer upside and it's a weird concept to have but when you're getting around 30 to 35 minutes and again if avery bradley comes back if canard gets comes back i still think he plays 30 minutes He gives you a bit more upside. And I anticipate those guys are going to be limited scoring. So Bullock might have to provide a little bit more of that. He doesn't give you a lot rebound-wise. doesn't give you a lot anywhere else. The scoring is where he's going to have to get the majority of the points. But I'm expecting just a little bit of the outside stuff where he gets the five times the value, a, a really cheap alternative for a small forward spot if you don't want to use those 5,300
1: to 4,800 guys that we mentioned earlier. Right, and at 4,000, I, I get the, the appeal there. The Warriors-Bulls,
2: 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Andre Iguodala will be out with the calf injury, so more Patrick McCall or Omri Caspi. Draymond Green, a bit more interesting name that was ruled out with a shoulder injury. Hello, Jordan Bell, and even more Omri Caspi, potentially. Are you in on Jordan Bell, or is he priced a little bit too high for you given we don't know what he'll get, and we
1: don't know what the Warriors are going to give you given it's the Bulls? Yeah, this is this is actually kind of a tough one for me. I I looked at this earlier and, and considered it. Jordan Bell started the last game for the um, the Warriors because they want to go small against the Cavs. He only played 14 minutes. Um, even when he starts, I, I don't think he plays like huge minutes. It's like lower 20s usually. Um, I mean, he's had he's had a few big ones. Had a 41 point you know Fanduel outing a 43. So I mean, the upside's there. Um, I still don't. I don't necessarily like it. it it's. 4300 that's it's a decent price I I think there's better better stuff elsewhere It was a month ago
2: a month ago like Christmas time when Jordan Bell was priced in the 50 5500 6000 range and he was getting 30 to 25 Fandle points a night we have seen maybe two or three weeks now where he's not that player. And I, I think Jordan Bell's actually really good having watched him play a couple of times yeah, yeah. on primetime games. I really think he's a good player. I really think it's a situation where they're just using different rotation players and, and Steve is trying to get that Warriors team comfortable in all situations. This is also a situation where I think the Warriors could potentially blow out the Bulls. And even with a guy like Jordan Bell who hasn't getting a lot of minutes, I might want to steer away from him and maybe steer away entirely. I, I Like I mentioned, Steph Curry earlier is a guy I like potentially kevin durant potentially is a guy i like too but i think there's some real blowout potential in this game and I'm, I'm just a little hesitant to use anybody particularly a power forward that has not done very well lately to say the least
1: yeah i think guys right around him that i even may like better is like a marvin williams or a kelly olenick you know those guys are right right there you know within 300 um dollars so i i get it if you if you absolutely need a cheap power forward go ahead and roll them out but it's not my favorite play and i'd rather Rather, you know, shift elsewhere.
2: Moving over to the Knicks-Grizzlies, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Tim Hardaway is returning. This will be his third game back from a leg injury. The previous two, he's played around 30 minutes and gotten close to 20 points. So that's an interesting name if you want to use a bit of a tournament play, expecting injuries. You know, I know going back to your kind of your credence, just not not use people coming off injuries, but this (laughs) might be one of those situations where you feel comfortable with it. Except it's the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies are still pretty slow-paced, are not allowing a lot of scoring. I'm staying away from Tim Hardaway, despite the fact that he will be playing in this game. James Ennis is a game from decision, so if he's out, more Dylan Brooks, Carson or Carson Chandler Parsons is going to be out with a knee injury. So Jarell Martin, Dylan Brooks still, and then Marcus Shaw, an interesting name, is listed as questionable with an illness. I don't know. I, I, even if he plays, I'm not really going to be utilizing him. But I don't know if he would have been a guy that, even if healthy, I would I want to try to use either.
1: No, he's he's usually. Pretty expensive um for me. Uh, I don't I just don't like him. Unless he is a good matchup. It's just not right. a situation I, I just don't like out for me. that much. If he does sit out, I think with Parsons already out, Jarrell Martin is somewhat intriguing. Um I know Martin was already picking up time uh, because of Chandler's absence and he's only thirty six hundred near minimum price guy. Um uh, had a couple 20 point games you know a, a while back but it's been pretty pretty substandard before that so i don't know as as a whole i'm probably trying to avoid the grizzlies yeah. unless it's Tyreek Evans i agree with you gasol was
2: or was listed at 8500 currently for wednesday's 10 game slate he had a 33 point game against the lakers last time around but prior to that he had three straight double double games in which he scored over 40 Fanduel points so the the promises there i understand why i don't know if this is the one i'm going to go with given all the bruiser, bruisers that the Knicks have, and the slower pace. This is just not a game, especially with him being ill. Even if he plays, I'm not going that direction. Right. right. Moving over to the Lakers, Thunder, eight o'clock Eastern Time, tip off. Larry Nance will play. Julius Randle and Kyle Kuzma have been benefiting with him out. I think that's one to note because Kuzma is now kind of advanced to the six thousand range price wise. I we didn't know this right before, or we, where we entered this information right before we got on the air. So I think I'll be changing my lineup given this information. Will you be moving your lap around to get rid of maybe Kyle Kuzma, who was doing very well with Lance out, or Nance, Nance out, I should say?
1: I don't mind. I, I think I think Kuzma's still a fine play. I think Lance, Nance is, i think he might have even suffered the injury in the last game, so I don't think he's actually missed time. Oh, okay. So I think, I mean, with Kuzma's previous numbers, 36, 35, 29 Fandu points the last three, that's still pretty solid. Um, obviously, his price is kicking up there a bit, so you kind of need 30 to— to hit value at a $6,000 price. Um, I still like it. I think it's a fine play. Uh, if you're trying to hit that mid-tier-ish, lower-tier-ish guys, um, I think Kuzma's definitely someone to consider at that that power forward spot.
2: Lonzo Ball is out. I saw a stat on SportsCenter that the Lakers are 0-7 when Lonzo Ball has not been playing, which is surprising to me because I think the storyline in the beginning for the most part, besides his dad, is that Ball has been a net negative for the most part for his team. So it was give, I was a little surprised to see him, or the Lakers not do very well with he was out. Tyler Ennis is going to be starting, potentially, in his place, or more Jordan Clarkson. Both these guys are interesting names, I think, given we're going against the Thunder. I know Russell Westbrook is a god, and he is the highest-priced player on Wednesday's slate at 12000 By the way, I'm not going there. I think if he got down to 11000 I might consider it, but right, I'm not right. touching a $12,000-priced no. player, especially going against the Lakers. But on the other side of things, is Tyler Ennis a name that you might be interested in if you're going for a salary break point guard?
1: Not Tyler Ennis. I could see Clarkson, maybe. I mean, Clarkson's only 3900 He's had a couple... You know, twenty six, thirty point, you know, Fandu outings. So I, I get the upside ish there. And um, he started the last game. I think he only had like fifteen Fandle mm-hmm. points or something like that. I just he doesn't have the the thirty Fanduel point ability that you're looking for um, at that at that price. Um, so yeah, if if anything, I'd use Clarkson. That at, you know, for a guy who's filling in.
2: Brandon Ingram will play with the ankle injury, so that means Josh Hart's going back down to the bench on the Thunder side of things Andre Andre Roberson is going to be a game time decision with his knee injury if he's out that means more Terrence Ferguson Josh Hoistis but yeah you know those aren't really DFS assets really anyway
1: no no Ferguson I think's been starting the last like five or six and just really hasn't had too many fantastic showings. so yeah I'm not I'm not on board with that.
2: Over to the Heat and Bucks, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. We know Tyler Johnson will be out with the ankle injury, so more minutes for Wayne Ellington, Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow could even pick up some more time as well. Rodney McCruder, Okara White still out. Dion Waiters is, of course, done for the season with an ankle injury, and there's nothing really to note yet for the Bucks. Of course, we're waiting the return of Jabari Parker, which sounds like it's it's getting close, but we haven't quite gotten there. I'll ask you this. Wayne Ellington, we talked about him before we got on the air. He's still priced under five thousand. Is he an interesting name against the Bucks this time around?
1: I'd like him if he was like forty-three hundred. I still think he has some validity. I, I've considered playing definitely. Um, he's he's a scorer. And that's what he does. He scores. Um, you're not going to get a ton of stuff, uh, you know, outside of that. Um, I could see. I, I definitely think it's a, a it's solid play. But there's actually a couple different guys on the Heat that I like better. Obviously Goran Dragic, who's more expensive. I, I like him better. Um, he's just like a safe. Thirty Fanduel, no matter what, he's going to get more than thirty Fanduel points. He's going to have thirty-five. Um, I really like as as someone that's cheaper on this is actually Justice Winslow. I think with with Tyler Johnson out as well, they're going to shift um, Josh Richardson over to shooting guard a little bit more, and I think that's going to open small forward minutes for for Winslow. Winslow's only thirty-eight hundred, so that's like a, a near minimum price, um, and he's only in his third game back. I think the last few times he's played about twenty minutes. Um, but he still had like a, around 20 Fanduel points for that. So if if he's getting up there in the 25 to 30 Fanduel point range or th- uh, minutes range, 25 to 30 minutes range, I think Winslow is definitely one of my favorite cheaper guys on this slate.
2: I recognize the potential that Winslow gives you, but the Bucks allow the third fewest Fanduel points overall, a small forward spot this season. Now they've allowed a lot more lately. That being 48.4, which I think is about. Top ten-ish, maybe I think it's number seven overall in Fanduel points, but they've been consistently pretty good throughout the season. I, I'm not, I'm not super high in Winslow, even if he gets more minutes. I think that's one of those that it's a bit more of a reach than anything else. It really depends on the pace of the game. The Heat aren't exactly a fast-paced team, and neither are the Bucks. So to me, it's tough to envision a game where it gets to be 110, 105, which is where a Winslow price tag would be a bit more. Easier to not swallow because he's thirty eight hundred, right? But it might be easier to find a way to put him in your lineup. I'm not going to go that direction as far as paying down. Just give me somebody two hundred dollars higher, like Bullock, or even a thousand dollars higher, and we can go through again through that whole smorgasbord of small forward options. I, right, I'm right. not, I'm not touching Winslow. I think in this game,
1: I still like it. I think you know he's twenty five. He's probably going to get about twenty five minutes, and, and he's a guy that can do a little bit of everything. I think it's fine play at thirty eight hundred. Um, I'm still rolling with it, but I could definitely see why you might not.
2: Going over the Jazz Kings, skipping all the way over to the 10 o'clock Eastern time tip-off for this game. Rudy Gobert, we know, is going to still be out with that knee injury. Cephalosha is also done for the season, so that's Morionis Jarepko uh esports connoisseur and owner of a team as well just have to mention that in the- <laughs> <laughs> on the king side of things scatelab is going to be a game-time decision with his shoulder injury and as we continue on with the king's season that is always not very good but somehow better than we thought we're expected to rest a few more veterans every game moving forward so maybe he's got like zach randolph george hill is going to start seeing Vince a little carter bit more, yeah maybe sitting we see a little more games where they're out
1: yeah and that's that's it just makes that situation even worse than it already was yes. you know, that's the the rotation there was always tough to, to predict and figure out who is getting the minutes and it's it's an ugly situation you know it, we don't know i think the, the last time out the kings played Zach randolph was you know held out without even a warning the kings didn't even announce it they just held him out for rest so that's that's going to be a really tough situation for dfs purposes moving forward especially cuz the kings are always on the late game so we're not we're not getting that news out right away
2: exactly and and of course I'm like, it's the Jazz Kings. This is not a game that you really want to be targeting anyway. We always joke about letting your money on fire. This is one of those situations that if you're investing heavily in a Jazz Kings game, unless it's the late night game, uh, yeah, you're you're kind of lighting right. your money on fire in this case, even without the <laughs> all the injuries, knowing who's playing and who's not going to play. Ten, uh, the last game on Wednesday's ten game slate: Nuggets, Clippers. Ten thirty Eastern Time tip off. No real injuries to note for the Nuggets. However, the Clippers, of course, have a, a charade of different injuries. CJ Williams' game time decision. DeAndre Jordan is already out. Willie Reed is going to start again. But Montrose Hale has kind of developed into that guy that they use as quite a bit. Kalanari is going to be out Austin Rivers when he's not fighting people on the bench of course he's still going to be out Milos Teodosic is going to be playing though and I have a feeling that might not be a bad guy if you want to do a, a price break sort of point guard at 5,000 he is in my lineup but I feel good enough given the nux, Nuggets and their defense struggles that Teodosic is going to be an d- interesting name if nothing else
1: yeah he's only 5,100 so that's that's a fairly decent price for a guy who's going to have definitely increased usage with the you know without all those guys right all those guys there um at the center spot there's that's a little questionable um I got Willie Reed in my lineup I'm not enthused about it um he's only 40 he's 4200 um the last time out he only played like 10 minutes um which is not what you're looking no, for not at all. um but the game prior to that he played 26 minutes and had 44 Fanduel points so it's a risky play it's a tournament play um but I'm not. I'm not playing montreal Harrell, who's six thousand on the other side. It's going to be Reed and Harrell who who pick up the. See, I think Harrell is actually
2: the more safer one. Like I, I feel a bit more confident. He's using safe for him. Here.
1: He doesn't have the upside for his price, is what I'm thinking because he's, yeah. he's six thousand and he's. Probably not going to get more than thirty just to thirty five. Fan.
2: I don't think Reed has the upside. Like, forget the. I recognize for the his price. price. I no, does. I get that. But you're also having to take into account that we're playing on Fanduel, and yeah. that now limits your opportunity to be able to use Demarcus Cousins in a lineup or anybody else for that matter. A guy that might be a higher price that you could fall in love with, like a, uh, you know, even a Jokic on the other side of things in this deal. I, I'm not going to go ahead with Willie Reed unless I know for certain. He's playing 30 minutes a right, night, right. and that's if not, I'm just going to go with the, the sure thing that DeMarcus Cousins or Anthony Davis, which isn't a sure thing given his injuries. But right. talking about center spot, Willie Reed, of course, is listed on the center spot on FanDuel. So again, limits your opportunities to be able to use multiple of those players.
1: I mean, he's certainly just a, a risky tournament play, and that's kind of what I'm on him for. But yeah, I, I definitely get the... Uh, to hold back there just because of you know how bad that previous game
2: was. Exactly. Well, before we get to the road optimizer lineup and who some players it suggests, and I'll give you a hint, it is a ten thousand plus place prayer and it is gonna be at the point guard spot. You can guess who it might be, but before we get to that, we know how frustrating it can be to play in DFS tournaments only to be dominated week in and week out by the Sharks and Pro players. Did you know ninety-one percent of the money is won by one percent of the players? Well, now, finally, we found a new daily fantasy game where you actually have a chance to win. With DraftEasy's rapid-fire game, all you do is pick which player in five two-player matchups you think will score the most fantasy points. Get four out of the five picks right and triple your money. It's that DraftEasy. No salary caps, no math, no competition, just you against the house. Sign up at DraftEasy.com now with promo code ROTOWIRE and get a free shot at $50. And check this out. For ROTOWIRE users, get at least one pick right and score $20 free. And for January, DraftEasy has a crazy deposit match bonus with no drip up to $100. Go now to DraftEasy.com, Fantasy Sports Made Easy. All right, let's get to that aware Optimizer lamp. I teased who the 10000 price player would be. Russell Westbrook is part of that RotoWire optimized Optimizer lineup, sitting at the highest price tag of anyone on Wednesday's 10-game slate. At 12000 against the Lakers, Ricky Rubio is also on that list, Together, that we didn't really talk about it all, against the Kings and whoever they might start at point guard for 5200 Jeremy Lamb at 4500 and Josh Hart, who, uh, well, that's going to be a bad play, given who we know is all playing for the Lakers. He's available at 3500 and of course, we have Kawhi Leonard, who at the time wasn't active, or I'm oh, sorry, was active, and we now know is not active, so... Frankly, this is, might be a scratch altogether and we can just see what else we get later on, but this is exactly why you can go ahead and use the RotoWire Optimizer features where you can exit out players that are available or aren't available. The Optimizer did like Paul George at 8,300 against the Lakers. Blake Griffin, an interesting name as well, 8,700 against the Nuggets. Kelly Olenek at 4,400 against the Bucks. And Willie Reed rounds out the, well, really... Not-so-great Roto-Optimizer lineup. I'd be curious to see, honestly, what the Optimizer lineup would be if everyone's active. Because, of course, we don't want to have a Josh Hart in there when we know the Lakers are going to be there. And we don't want to know Kawhi Leonard when he's out, too.
1: Yeah, so it did refresh it. It looks like they're sticking with Westbrook Rubio. So that's their, okay. so their top two point guards. Um, at shooting guard, it's going to be Justin Holiday um, against the Warriors. 5200, Danny Green. That um, Justin
2: Holiday is an interesting one because I was looking over some point guard options. And the Warriors actually, surprisingly, for whatever reason, allow a ton of points to the shooting guard spot, and I couldn't really tell you why. I think Clay, De- Clay Thompson's a, a really good defender. I think Steph Curry, for the most part, when he's out there, does his job too. Yeah. There's Andre Godala and Kevin Durant as well. I was stunned to see them allowing so many points to the shooting guard spot.
1: Yeah, he had a 37.8 Vandu, you know outing the last time out, and a 31 a couple times back. So 5,200, that's a that's solid that's price. That's okay. Um, I, don't, I don't mind that at all. That's a double-up play, if anything
0: else, though, yeah, in Yeah,
1: I agree. Um, so moving on from that, Danny Green, like I said, they're sticking with Paul George in there. Um, without Kawhi, they're going Kyle Anderson, so kind of the fill in there. Um, they're actually pivoting from Griffin to Anthony Davis, um, so going with Davis's recent, you know, surge. I like
2: that move more. So, I, yeah, Blake Griffin's still kind of coming back off that injury. I'd rather go with a guy that's sure thing ish, and I'll put sure thing in quotes. Verbally, I can't do it.
1: I, uh, I like Griffin just because of without DeAndre Jordan. I think there's gonna be more boards avail- available for him, so I think that could kind of you know. Boost and his he's still a facilitator
2: there. on that yeah. offense against the Nuggets team that you know for the most part is not the greatest defending team in the world. So I, I can right. understand that given he's under nine k, but yeah. I'm I would rather go Anthony Davis. I'm gonna go up at a point guard or yeah. a power forward
1: spot. Okay, and then the uh, the lineup finishes with Jordan Bell, who, like we said, is is starting for, for Draymond Green, and then Willie Reed is still in there. In so the Willie Reed's ball. still in there, yeah. yeah. And I
2: can understand that. I think Willie Reed ends up being the tournament play, but it just makes it so you can't use DeMarcus Cousins if you're playing on FanDuel, and I think I would rather have that option, if nothing else. Even if I wanted to not go the Cousins route, and I go a different, higher price center, which you could do, I think it's a solid tournament strategy, if nothing else, because nobody else will be going there. <laughs> I don't know, I... I I think it's Willie Reed. It feels like, or Demarcus Cousins, and maybe there's some room for the in betweens out there.
1: I'm still, I'm still kind of off, you know, the the Davis Cousins train. So I get it. I think Kevin Durant and, and Westbrook are guys I'd rather pay up for. Not even Westbrook, but but Durant, maybe even Giannis. Um, yeah, I, I'm still completely fine with Reed. I, I think it's a, it's a fine tournament play
2: let's get to our laps and again we always like to run through our lap individually first and we kind of touch on some players that we haven't already during the individual matchups per team so ben i'll let you go through some of your names first since for the most part we've kind of talked about these guys already
1: okay so point guard i'm going dennis schroeder against the pelicans 7800 goran Dragic against the bucks 7100 um, i'm going drew holiday um, at uh, shooting guard against the hawks um, 7800 then zach levine is my my risky questionable play in here against the Warriors. He's only forty one hundred though. Um, Kevin Durant against the Bulls ten thousand six hundred. Justice Winslow's that cheap guy I mentioned thirty eight hundred against the Bucks. Blake Griffin against the Nuggets eighty seven hundred. Kyle Kuzma Kuzma, not sure which way. Against the Thunder, 5,900. And then Willie Reed against the Nuggets, 4,200.
2: Well, a couple of things when I look in your line. First off, I have an easy W right away. That's what I feel good about. It. I've, <laughs> I've won a couple now in a row. I forgot the side bet that we did of Wednesday. You know, I really, we really should start writing these side bets down. I think it was something about whether Jokic or Andre oh, Drummond yeah. scores more points. And I couldn't tell you who did. I know that Drummond
1: around, was a, an absolute monster. But
2: Jokic day. scored around 45. I think
1: Drummond had like 60 or 70. He All right. Like I don't feel 40, like anyone so. really lost that one. I
2: know that Drummond <laughs> did know better. Won that one. Yeah, you won it, but no one lost it, if that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> true, that, true. So I feel good enough about my Jokic play. I feel really good looking at your lap, and I, I know I'm going to win mine. But I will <laughs> want to point out, this one player, and you know exactly who it is because yeah. you st- you'd be pointing out right when you were just right, reading right. it off. This goes against literally everything that you are about when it comes to DFS. Why in God's green earth are you using Zach Levine? Coming off a
1: serious injury and he's only played two games. Two games, right. He's been he's been on a twenty minute, you know, a pretty pretty hefty twenty minute restriction. So he hasn't played more than that. I saw I saw some tweets there mentioning he says he's a hundred percent. I could see him playing twenty-five minutes, twenty-eight. Um dude, he had thirty-six point five FanDuel points when he played twenty minutes the last time out. At forty, what is he, forty-one hundred, that alone is is hitting well past value. If he actually gets 25 minutes, I think this is a great tournament play.
2: I agree with you because he's actually in my lineup, too, but I just wanted to point out <laughs>
1: I just want to point out how weird it is to see it in your lineup. I did right, not right. look at
2: your lineup prior to setting mine, so I was stunned to see you in there. I was preparing this whole speech about how I know Zach Levine's not going to be a great play overall <laughs> and that you're going to hate it, and then you're reading it off. I'm like, oh, all right, well, you know? good. Yeah, this works out. This goes back to my point, though, I mentioned with Justin Holiday. Again, the Warriors allow a lot of points, surprisingly, that shooting guard spot, and they've had Klay Thompson there for most of the time, so it's not as if he's the reason why that him coming back to the lineup is going to change things. I really do feel good about that. Whether he plays 20 or 25 minutes, you're only asking him to get 20 Fando points to get that five times the value that you're looking for. And to me, that feels like easy money. Whether it be the Warriors defense that struggles against the shooting guard spot or his scoring abilities and what he means to that Bulls offense, I feel really good about using him at 4,100. I'm not worried about, about the mints he's going to get. I think it's just going to be a gradual thing. And I can't wait till we add another 7,000-plus uh, shooting guard option to the plethora of guys that we already have, because that's what Levine's going to be in, in a really soon amount of time. <laughs> well, let's hear it. Uh, let's go ahead. My lineup here, I'm looking at Milo Teodosic at point guard at 5,100. I think, again, going against the Nuggets, that's about as safe as bet as you're going to get it by... 25 points and I think it's going to be up on game I don't know if he scores all that much but I could really see a lot of situations where he gets the assists or Blake Griffin gets the assists, and that's going to be, then just works itself out I feel good about getting 25 points with him he's a bit more of a safer play we've already talked a lot about Schroeder he's 7800 against the Pelicans I think he is a must start in almost every lineup tonight Levine we already just talked about two against the Warriors 4100 Chris Middleton though I know that's a guy that you normally don't like He's at a price where you normally don't like at 7300 <laughs> and he's going against a team that you normally don't like in the Heat. So why am I using him? Well, just mainly to tease you with him, but also because the Heat, surprisingly, in the last five games have allowed, I think a top 10 Fanduel points to the shooting guard spot. Middleton, last time he played the Heat, also scored 35 points. So it's not the five times the value that you're looking at, but I really feel potential-wise it's easy enough for him to get to that point. They are, of course, missing a bunch of different people that could have really impacted defensively. I don't know. I think Giannis is going to have a part, but I think it's going to be Middleton more more so than anything else. It's going to be impactful if the Bucs are going to win that game.
1: I, it's tough. I don't I, like you said. I just <laughs> there's not a lot I like about it. Uh-huh, I know. I know. <laughs> the price is is up there. I'd like him maybe if he was like sixty five hundred. Um, little maybe 64 63 keep dropping a little bit <laughs> um, I don't I don't that's a tough one for me I, I it's not my favorite play just uh, that's, say that. that's okay
2: that's all right uh, I'm moving over to the s- small forward spot Reggie Bullock is going to be in there right now my lamp against the Raptors at 4,000 I don't feel great about it. I had $300 savings left in this lineup and frankly if there are any crazy injuries that happen I think that Bullock gets switched out pretty quickly for the charade of a uh, 5,000 small forward guys Anderson we already talked about plenty at 4,900 is my other small forward Kuzma my in my lineup at 5,900? I don't expect that to continue, though, um, depending on how everything shakes out come 7 o'clock Eastern time. Lamarcus Aldridge, we don't have a lot of time left in the podcast here, but I really do like him at 8,700 with Leonard out again. We've seen Aldridge just take a step up offensively for that team, and this feels about as sure money as it gets. I don't know why he's not closer to 94, 95,00. I suspect now with the Leonard news that maybe. Aldrich's price does get to that point but right now 8700 he's still a fantastic savings.
1: Yeah, I, I if ever since Leonard got ruled out about an hour ago it, that was the second I saw him, Michael. Okay, get, get Leonard in your lineup. Like that's that's almost one of those. Oh, well,
2: get Aldridge in your lineup.
1: Yeah, that's almost one of those must plays. Like I, it's he's played so well without Leonard in the in the and lineup. And it's the set. Nets too who yeah. aren't
2: like screaming right. stopping defensively. And I I almost wonder if that might be a blowout game. And it was worth noting that I looked at trying to getting maybe a different Spurs point guard in there given how bad the Nets struggled there. But I could not figure out which one of those guys whether it be Murray Mills or. Uh, Parker yeah yeah. thank you guy Tony Parker who was gonna do it and they're all under 4,500 but I I could not find a way to get any of those guys in there
1: (laughs) no I I, yeah that's always a situation I'm not a huge fan of unless you have to plug Murray in with with um, Parker sitting out or something like that but no back to Aldridge though I think that's that's a really good play
2: rounding up my lineup is DeMarcus Cousins the second highest priced player on Wednesday's 10 game slate against the Hawks who of course we talk about this all the time and it's been true all the time really bad at stopping the center spot. (laughs) I feel good enough that he's going to do what he needs to do to get about five times the value for that. So uh, he's the play over Willie Reed, in my opinion. I'm I'm going to stick with that one, I think, for the most part. So that does it for Wednesday's 10-game NBA DFS slate. Of course, if you enjoyed the podcast, please feel free to leave a ratings or review on iTunes or Stitcher. Ben and I will be tweeting out our official lines close to the 7 o'clock Eastern Time lock, And we will be back again for a special edition of the NBA DFS podcast Friday, doubling up on the awesome Shannon, Ken, and DJ podcast that already gets done. So double the NBA funnel will be on Friday. Uh, we'll talk to you then, and peace out.